So this is the most important way to start a meeting in my uh, eyes. I don't really? think I can disagree. I agree 100%. I wish I could start all my work meetings like this. <laughs> I just have to put it in a coffee cup instead. Welcome to Bourbon and Blondes, our podcast about enjoying bourbon, having an honest conversation, and empowering women to tell their truth. Hi, I'm Abby. Hi, I'm Elena. On each episode, we start with a tasting of a bourbon of the day, and then we talk about ourselves like every good podcast. We will have a word of the episode and allow the discussion to unfold from there. We hope you enjoy. Cheers. 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 So we're doing a little something different today. Let's do a real cheers. Yeah. Lori, she's like, there we go. (laughs) Yes. You you ladies can drink, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we're, we're going to do a little something different. So um, Lori is, we aren't ever honored to have not only the cre- uh, creator, but the first female founder and CEO of American Whiskey a Company to be here with us. Well, kind of with us today. <laughs> Virtually with <laughs> us today. We're as with each other as we physically can. Exactly. Yes. Even though I think Elena and I would both prefer to be in California, but that's okay. Yeah. I'll be there in two weeks. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd love so I don't know if you're into hiking at all. I, I mean, hiking is definitely my passion and I've had more time to do so. Um, and it's really hot right now to do so, but there are some amazing hikes up in the San Gabriel mountains, right above Sierra Madre, Pasadena, mm-hmm. um, beautiful, beautiful ones. And they range between a mile or two up to 10, which 10 is definitely a hike. Um, but there's so much, and it's just, it's beautiful in that part of the, part of the mm-hmm. uh, county. Um, really special place. So welcome to California in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. Uh, Did I see a picture on your Instagram of uh, Mount Wilson recently? So was it near Mount Wilson? So I, um, I, I've climbed half dome three times up in Yosemite, Mm -hmm. which is pretty uh, like, I don't know if I could do that again now because climbing the, the last part is like climbing cables in the backside of straight up cables and what, um, it is. I was, I, my first time was when I was 15 and I was in a dare from my high school boyfriend and my best friend's dad, like you two girls can't make it stop at half dome. And I'm like, well, hell yes, we will. <laughs> tell me we can't. Just because you told me I can't do it. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to do it. So that was our first hike together. My girlfriend who I've known my whole life, it was a 4,500 foot elevation gain one way 15 miles round trip and the last I don't know the distance the last part it was just I mean people can look it up it's just straight up trek up the back side and there were no cables to keep you on the half dome it was just wood slats ropes and you had to coordinate with the people going up and down like as you're going up you have to say hey <sighs> um it, it was frightening and by the grace oh of God, made it. I think because that dare, I'm not about to lose a bet. Right. So. <laughs> or a life for that matter. Yeah, no, I mean, life more importantly, but like I'm competitive in nature. So mm-hmm. anyhow, that same girlfriend and I, we decided to, there's a six pack of peaks in California. Matt Wilson's one of them. And we started with um, our first peak. That's not one of the six packs, but it's really difficult. We gained um, 3,900 feet in seven miles and it took like three and a half hours, four hours. And then we came back down and it was rough. I've been hiking and running, but that was a big jump up, but you know, it's exhilarating and it's just addicting to kind of go. So we're doing one every month. It's great. Oh, I love that. I feel like being a woman in business or not just in everyday life, 
being able to escape the chaoticness and the stress and, you know, all the challenges and just be able to set out. For me, it's hiking like, okay, this mountain's super tall and strenuous and I've got my best friend or a good friend with me, Mm -hmm. lots of water and our, in our, like our first aid kits and all that. And let's just go make it happen. And to me, there is a definite symbolism with looking at the different, I would say five different hikes, like hills mm-hmm. to hills or mountains at some points to, to climb before you get to the next set, right? And I'm thinking like, okay, this is as steep as it gets. And so I feel like hiking and to that length is really not different than life, in my opinion. Like so true. You, yep. you face challenges and you think there's no way in hell I can get through this. <laughs> and whether you're by yourself and you mentally and emotionally just push past the pain or you're with your best friend where we encourage each other, it, it really has provided me mental and emotional, obviously physical, just it's, there's a correlation between the two and pushing mm-hmm. past the point of comfort and achieving that success physically, whatever it is for me, it's like, and yeah, and you're like, I, if I could do that, climb this hill, I could do anything. Right. And that's the best feeling in the world is when you come back down, you're like, holy crap, I just did that. Yeah. Like, was I, mm-hmm. was I crazy? I love not the, crazy. I love the mental toughness though. Like I did Machu Picchu and to your point, you're, you're hundred percent right. Like it takes so much mental strength and toughness to get past. Cause you can't. So we actually, we, I didn't want to, but we asked the guys, we're like, so does anyone stop? Like, can you go backwards? (laughs) Like, what happens if you get injured exactly? Like, give me the full picture. And he's like, yeah, so somebody like us, so there's a, you know, a crew that goes up with you that's either, you know, some people carry their gear, their chefs, there's two two guides, two or three guides, um, depending on what company you use. And um, they're like, we have to carry you back if you get injured. And and they're like, and we have to go back with you. Like, there's no point can you just turn around. So for four days, we like, I, me and a good friend of mine, we hiked. And I was like, if literally any, now that I've done that, I was like, I can hike anything. Like, let's do it. Like, <laughs> that's, but that's incredible. How that's long did you see? It was, I think a it was four days. So it was like the, th- I want to say it was three nights. Cause the first day wasn't bad. The second day was hell was an understatement. Like it was, uh, it was, it, it was downhill in the rain. I think on the third morning it was downhill on the, in the rain on these like wet stone rocks. And so I oh had a really, really tough that is, time. That is, that's terrible. That's yeah. One, so dangerous. Yeah. And, and what's funny is most people think the uphill, it, I mean, which the uphill is depending on, but the downhill, depending on like so your shoe and yeah. And so that, and then the final day when we're supposed to get to Machu Picchu, it is pouring. I'm talking about like the worst downpour ever. And I have mm-hmm. camera year in my, cause I do photography too. So I had like a $3,000 camera in my backpack that I also lugged around my neck the whole time. That was like eight pounds with my lens. I think that's awesome. You got a <laughs> neck exercise. I know, right? I was like, I need a small child. <laughs> but yeah, I, and it was in that day. So we get to the top and it's supposed to be that, you know, that quintessential view that you see and it's just foggy and cloudy and we couldn't see anything. And then finally, like at like nine or 10 a.m., the sun came out and the clouds like separated and you could just see the whole like peak in the oh mountain. My it was, gosh. It I was just incredible. got the chills. <laughs> That's amazing. It was awesome. But I will say that the best part wasn't that it was getting to the top of the highest peak, which was because where Machu Picchu is, I think it's only 11 or 12,000. It's not like the 
12,500 or the 13,000 feet. 12,000 feet high is like, oh yeah, high. Pretty incredible. Yeah, my poor boyfriend. We I told him in Colorado because I had just done this the year prior. I was like, for your birthday, which was our first, like we've only been together for two months. I was like, for your birthday, we're gonna I'm gonna take you on a hike. I took him on what do they call them? 14ers. Yeah, yeah. like well, I took him, him. Oh yeah, like I took That's him on a great a- way to break <laughs> in the boyfriend. Like, hey, if he can't handle this hike, like perhaps we don't. Our relationship's have not going to happen. Relationship, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I didn't know when you said you had something planned for me. It was going to be a fourteen thousand foot hike, but here we are on top of a mountain, freezing. That is awesome, though. Good for you. I wow. love it. Machu Picchu, so that's, that's pretty amazing. So you can relate to the um, similarities of hiking up a mountain or whether it's in a day or two days or 10 days or whatever, and the similarities of life and the challenges and the peaks and the valleys. And I am like you, Elena, where I have found, I have acquired this fear of heights. Oh, me too. Like my mom. What? Are you guys don't, kidding? Don't tell my mother. I hate it. Like it's in the bone. <laughs> I can push up any hill. It's just, it's, it's just, it's been great to be able to have these goals and attack them. And, and I find that it sort of mirrors the business end of things, right? Like there are definite peaks in life and then there are valleys and just Mm -hmm. having the mental toughness, you both have it to get through all of it. And in between to me is like the secret of my life, you know, and being a woman in alcohol is sometimes incredible they yes. mistake me for the sales mm-hmm. rep until, mm-hmm. which is great, right? But I'm like, man, if I was a sales rep, I'd be making so much money. <laughs> you would be cleaning house for sure. You wouldn't even yeah. have to sell anything. You just walk in, they start talking to like, like, what am I buying? There you go. <laughs> there you, go. Then, you know, I'm like, gosh, I am the one who has to do all the work, like behind the scenes, right? No, and in front the bill. But anyways, it's so it's been an amazing, amazing um, industry. But like any industry, you have your challenges mm-hmm. and then you have your amazing rewards and mm-hmm. you have your amazing people that you meet and your incredible partners, ambassadors, you name it. And then you have the people who are just not great hearted and, you know, just, you see it all. Yeah. Yes. Things like in life, you just have to learn. And I've learned to take it all in stripe. We love it. Yeah. Yes. So I live by the three P's, which is passion, partnership, and persistence. Um, oh, I love I, that. I think that love kind that. of really transcends, obviously, into my business on a regular basis. Like if there's no like innate deep passion in what we're doing, you guys have passion about this beautiful podcast and your Instagram mm-hmm. and who you are as a friend, friendships and your love for bourbon and all of that. For me, without that passion, peaks are too low. They're hard. They're painful. Yes. Uh, without that passion, like you really can't push through the pain and get climbed back up to the top mm-hmm. of the mountain that fire in your soul, which I have for this business tremendously and helps get you through right. The hard times. And then Mm -hmm. um, allows me to speak to people like you and partnership, you know, in this industry. And again, it it really doesn't matter what industry you're in or whether it's friendship or climbing a damn hill or mountain or whatever. Right. (laughs) Like for me, I knew that because I didn't come from the liquor background, um, I have a different background, which we can discuss, I knew that I had to gain some amazing partnerships, um, not only financial partnerships like par- investors, but mm-hmm. partnerships with distributors, mm-hmm. um, chain accounts, key you know ambassadors, and people like Kyle and my team. So that partnership 
passion partnership is incredible is really important and persistence like pushing through the pain because there's pain all the time especially during covid right yeah like, well, always yep you know, and and for for every yes that we get whether it's fundraising or whether it's a chain authorization or a new distributor there's like 25 no's mm-hmm. right so it requires a ton of persistence to push past that and get to the next point where you're like, this is the next hilltop where you can, or mountaintop where you can celebrate and say, this is incredible. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, those three P's for me have helped me in the business context to get from knowing nothing about liquor and having a very solid accounting, financial and business development background mm-hmm. to where we are today. And to be able yeah. to be well positioned during COVID and to make some changes with our marketing efforts to come out of COVID ready to rock, fresh eyes, positive attitudes, and and then some. I love that. So yeah. would you say, you mentioned you did a little career swap before starting Country Smooth. Would you say that those three Ps were... Uh, paramount in you making that transition? Yeah. So my background, um, I graduated with a business degree, emphasis in accounting in 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I worked for a CPA firm as an auditor for about four and a half years, which is wonderful. I was able to really learn a lot about accounting, finance. I was able to immerse myself in how businesses were run, how they were managed, like everything, balance sheet, income statement, fraud Mm -hmm. risk, you name it. My dad was a very successful CFO at a USC, had a tremendously wonderful career and taught me and brought me under his wing and said, listen, you have an innate love for people and marketing and creating things. You've been creating things since you were like three years old and selling the whole neighborhood on whatever you were creating. But like, if you don't have an accounting and finance, you know, you can only like, I, I envision you having the whole package. So you'd need to you need to really understand the numbers and how they work. And we kind of argued back and forth. And I finally took a whole semester of my accounting courses and I did pretty well, like scholastically, academically, I scored well. I'm like, dad, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to regret it. And he's like, just trust me, major in accounting. So I did. And I worked for my CPA firm and I had my first daughter who's 14 years old. Then I realized I really love to work. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love people. I love to, I love to help people from business perspective. Um, so I started my own financial pr- consulting practice for about 10 years, raising my children and um, had up to, I think, and my max 15 clients. Oh, wow. And then I decided it was time to create. I, I want to do that on my own for myself and for what I'm, pa- I'm passionate about. I've been fulfilling other people's passion, which is, and, you know, creating a profitable business. Now it's my turn. Mm-hmm. So... One moment, a Luke Bryan concert, and like everyone around me is drinking, you know, certain whiskeys and bourbons, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Like, um, and I kept going back and forth to the bar for my husband and my best friend and her her husband, and I kept going back and forth, and I'm like, you know, they don't have a certain Chardonnay that I normally drink, like a Rombauer available. Mm-hmm. So I want to drink what people are drinking, but drink it neat, like I would, you know, right. Um, watching Luke Bryan and I'm listening to the music he's singing. And I thought, Hmm, I think I want to create something smooth enough where I can drink right now. So that was like the, almost like the light bulb, but I will say that um, it's a culmination of time and, and, and experiences that led me to that. Right. Like a lot right. of our aha moments are not just like 
aha, I love some can be. I really do think it's a lot of experiences that we incur and that we that we go through leading up to that. And I love our country. I'm a proud patriot. And I love country music. And, you know, entertaining has kind of been my thing since I was great. able to. So kind of just all work together. And I knew that the next day I, I told my husband I wanted to do and he thought I was crazy. <laughs> very supportive, very supportive, crazy, right? Yeah, like, Lori, you know nothing about alcohol. I'm like, I know, but you know me. He's like, no, I know. Like, you're a very devoted business person who's serious about what she's doing. And I know that you have it in you to really, if you really want this, and like, let me do a ton of research and I'll get back to you. Cause I'm, a, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a research data driven woman, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, Give me a spreadsheet. Give me time in my office and a couple hundred hours, which is what I did. Um, I researched the domestic market, the international market, um, and I didn't quite know how tough it was and how cutthroat it could be at times. Mm-hmm. And I realized how challenging it could be being a woman, founder and CEO of Whiskey. I didn't realize mm-hmm. like, just how challenging that could be initially. And it gets easier over time when you start to prove yourself and have some su- success. I think that like, people mm-hmm. start realizing, okay, she's not going to go away tomorrow. Um, and the relationships too, like the, yeah. the stronger the relationships are with the people and the distributors and yeah. everybody. It's like the more weight you gain behind your momentum, the Absolutely. better off it is. Absolutely. And I that's sort of the evolution of how I started. And I mm-hmm. knew didn't know a lot about the industry, but I knew that the passion of what I wanted to do was so serious and strong. It wasn't just here today, gone tomorrow. I had thought of other ideas prior to this, but no- nothing really resonated in my soul mm-hmm. right, for, yeah. for a long period of time, especially when I did the research and looked at all the data to support it. I thought, you know what, this is actually pretty serious. Like I would, I would advise this for one of my clients, but I don't want advice if I'm going to do it. The core culture of the company to me was incredibly important. I used to talk to uh, to other entities about you have to create your core culture of who you are and never, mm-hmm. ever forget who you are, even when you're romanticized to like drift sideways or get distracted by fanciness. Yeah. You have to know your identity and maintain it. That's what makes you you. And keep authentic. To me, it was important to be 100% made in America. Obviously, the liquor has to be to be an American whiskey. Right. I'm talking glass cap sleeve. To me, there was no no compromise on that. That was back in 2015. And I would say 60 to 65, 70% of all glass is outsourced overseas. So, oh, wow. um, I was definitely. And I think that's going to change in the near future. If it, mm-hmm. to me, the culture of who Country Smooth is and who we are, we're America, tried and true. Okay. So to mm-hmm. me, that's everything made in America was an integral part of who we are. Um, mm-hmm. Made in America, obviously a smooth taste. I, I was not a traditional bourbon drinker at all. And I wanted to be smooth enough, you know, yet still strong enough to appeal to a Kyle, who's my unicorn. <laughs> Probably similar to you, to you beautiful ladies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And more modern style on purpose, the bottle we selected, um, and we were screen printed on labels, is definitely more of a modern vibe versus a shorter bottle. And I think more and more bottles mm-hmm. of bourbon and whiskey are sort of more modern. So based on just the core culture and beliefs in Country Smooth, we launched. and So we never had the opportunity to do a tasting with the creator well, really, we haven't ever done a tasting period with anyone that's been a guest on the show, but <laughs> actually, 
not anyone who is the the creator and the founder um, of the whiskey. So if we could just do, we usually do a nose taste finish. I was trying to save it before you jumped on the call. This is Um, so funny. I love this because I was going to wait to open it until we were like, live in person so it was a very authentic reaction yeah. during the recording and then elena just like automatically poured it sipped it and she goes holy shit i was like is it good i, I was like this is so good and i was like no don't try it you've got to give her the great reaction because i've now ruined my reaction That's awesome. That's and then awesome. i was like no you can't taste it before me i like are you kidding <laughs> So we poured that's, it, but that's yeah. great. Okay, so give me give me your report cards, ladies, and and the the truth of that. Let's see, uh, report cards. So I would definitely say it's an A, by like for sure. I an think why what makes it an A? Well, the smoothness and the taste, yeah. but get into yeah. the nitty gritty of it. So this is actually something that I would definitely recommend to. Um, so it's an 86 proof. So it's very approachable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that this is something um, I would recommend to. So not only for the the price point and also for someone who's new to the industry, who's like, you know, they don't want to spend maybe $50 on a bottle. But I, I also sometimes say like, I know price made to tier people, but like, I think if you get the opportunity to try it and you love it, I'll spend the money on it. Probably not $10,000, but you know, I'm just where has this statement <laughs> been my whole life? <laughs> but I mean, I I think an A A for sure for um, the approachability of it, the okay. smoothness, mm-hmm. the the nose on it is is sweet. I I definitely have a tendency. I do like rye, so I like spicy, yeah. and I do like strong. But I I love a, the the sweetness and like the vanilla or the caramel, like at on the on the taste of it, uh, because it's something I could buy and like pour for everyone that comes over. And I don't think anyone, in my opinion, anyone that would come over to my house would be say anything negative about it. So that's why I think it definitely deserves an A. So it's approachable and it's almost universal. It really is. Yeah. Like we're not trying to be um, a 50 or $60 bottle of bourbon. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to own who you are. Um, You know, to enjoy it neat. I mean, y'all can enjoy it neat. To me, it goes down really fast. It yeah. it does. Yeah. And I yeah. I don't know what <laughs> it is. It's the proof. It's the flavor. Like it is. I don't, I was, I'm a, like a high proof, like barrel proof lover. Like I want the kick in the teeth. I want that big punch of flavor in everything I drink, but I did a neat pour tonight. And then I also mixed it with a ginger lemon kombucha. Oh, how is that? I love it. It's so good. The tartness of the kombucha is bringing out more of like the maple and oak flavor in the whiskey. And it's just like the whole little party. I'm in love with it. So it's, isn't it great to like try meat. And then even when you add an ice cube or water droplets, Mm -hmm. how it opens up, that tastes very different. And then you add ginger kombucha. So it's almost like a mule, which is my favorite, Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite summertime cocktail for sure. That's fantastic. So, Mm -hmm. so can you get the cherry note in there? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of maple. Let me, let me revisit this. Hang on. How about the tobacco? I have a heart. I, I never get tobacco whenever I small thing, uh, smell things. Usually I get the sweetness for some reason. And I do, I could see kind of a, a cherry, a sweetness, maybe, maybe I, citrus, but I definitely get more tobacco than I do cherry. 
Um, but I definitely get tobacco. My life experience. I love a neat pour and a cigar. Yeah. There's something about just sitting down to enjoy that, that pairing in my life and enjoying that, that whenever there's a tobacco taste or scent in anything I drink, it's like, it comes quicker. Oh, wait, you know, how would you pair this? Speaking of, would, how, would you, how would this go with a scar? I think it would be great. And I honestly, mm-hmm. just because of how uh, light and easy and approachable the flavor is and the taste and the nose, I would pair it probably with a stronger cigar. Something that's like got a ton of flavor in it too, because these, there is so much flavor in this, but it also is so mellow and enjoyable yeah. that like you can really bounce it's it off a cigar. Which is, which is wonderful. I had my first cigar last summer on my friend's YouTube channel. My first time. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, I practice like f- pretend. <laughs> work on the like, what to do and not to do. So it was interesting to like try it the first time online with them, um, which was fun. But with an fun. audience. Yeah. What would be your favorite cocktail with this? And mm. I'm going to say this real quick. I'm a firm believer being able to make sure there's enough country smooth in there to really in any cocktail, especially country smooth to (laughs) to taste the notes of the base alcohol, the spirit. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You want the cocktail to complement the spirit that you're using. Well, especially at an 86 proof, I think it's important not to, um, tone it down. I mean, it it already has a smoothness to it, you know, so I wouldn't put too many ingredients in it. It definitely has to shine. Doing a two ounce pour versus one and a half, even two and a half. I'm like, you know, whenever I have the the bartender creating the cocktail, I'm like, can you do at least two ounces so I can taste the country smooth in there? So that's kind of my thing. So help me ladies with your, with with your Mm -hmm. signature cocktail of your choice. What would you choose? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this, Elena. Would you put it in a bourbon renewal? Oh, that's like decrease some of the ingredients and up the country smooth since it's a lower. Yeah, I would maybe cr- uh, decrease the cream to cassis a little bit because mm-hmm. the bla- uh, black currant can be like pretty strong. But it's yeah. funny you say that because I was, I was thinking maybe an old fashioned, maybe something with a sweet vermouth in it would be really nice because I think like a cherry or a black currant, for example, would really make it pop nicely mm-hmm. so yeah i actually do like that idea with a bourbon renewal okay we'll have to try we have all the ingredients at the house <laughs> I, see, I see a weekend oh. project <laughs> it's funny you say that Lori, because i actually i struggle when i go out i always want the two ounce pour as well or sometimes i even when i make cocktails at home which i will say we were talking about positivity earlier with COVID happening, I fancy myself a bartender now because <laughs> I, joke, right? Like you're pretty much certified because I make it cocktails like almost every single night, which has actually been a lot of fun. It was kind of fun to like test out those skills and I, I don't know, like try different things and toss. I think that's so fun. And, yeah, and, I mean, it, it literally, it's a, th- that's what I'm saying. It's a great time to experiment with new food creations, cocktail creations. I because normally we go to restaurants and bars and we'd say, hey, like, you know, let's try this off the menu or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if those are closed, you're like, well, you know, I love to enjoy whiskey and bourbon neat, but now it's our turn to like 
mm-hmm. mess around and, and fool around. I feel like my fa- my go-to summertime drink is a country mule because it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the winter, I definitely love a Manhattan. Yeah. Okay. I love a Manhattan year round, but I think in the winter more so. And then there's the smooth fashion is our version of it. Mm-hmm. It's always delicious and classic. And I feel like it's, it's always welcomed and, and enjoyable. And, but then there, there are most of the days when I'm not, you know, entertaining, I just, I really enjoy whiskey neat. Yeah. And maybe it's one ice cube, you know, depending upon what mood I'm in. Yeah. And the fun thing about it is you can try bourbon and whiskey so many ways and really accomplish an entirely different experience, Mm -hmm. which I think is wonderful. I love it. I yeah. I like playing with it and enjoying it. I think with Country Smooth, I would make some sort of a like a smash, maybe like a blood orange Ooh. smash. Maybe so fun. Or like I the like summertime, that. I would one hundred percent use this in a hot toddy in the winter. Oh like yeah, it. hot water, honey, Country I Smooth. Think it's awesome. So there have been times where I'll add it to my coffee. You know. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. I love um, mint a lot. I like mint, basil. And so I started with COVID. I, I'm i now also a gardener, apparently, on top of being <laughs> a bartender. Um, so I have a silver lining. I know. I know. I have a she whole She has become garden. the most domestic individual I've ever met in my life. I it's great. I really appreciate it. I Yeah. I Well, <laughs> I've got plants. I got... I've got, I just, all sorts of things to take care of. And it's actually funny. My dad's like, my, my dad was like, we'll see how long that lives after COVID. I was like, thanks for the vote of confidence, dad. But, (laughs) but no, so I, I love, um, you know, adding mint or basil or some types of herbs in there. And so I've been trying to like play around with extra fruit that I have like lying around in the house. Um, whether it's just a garnish, you know, an orange peel or, um, taking the fruit and trying to do something fun, uh, with that, awesome. I have a full bar. So it's sometimes not just whiskey. It's, it's gin and I love it. Yeah. I, it's I'm so not, fun. I'm curious on, I kind of was thinking this when you were talking earlier and I know you kind of got into why you chose to do country smooth, but why not when you were going through your discovery process with, you know, researching the industry, why bourbon versus gin versus vodka, you know? Yeah. Vodka. How did you land on an American whiskey? So that's a great, that's a great question. I think a few things. My dad was a big scotch drinker, still is. Um, although now like Country Smooth has replaced Johnny Walker. Mm. And Johnny Walker is incredible, obviously. I have immense yeah. respect for all spirits and what. Dad has to support. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> He's drinking Country Smooth here tonight. Starting Country Smooth was not just a light bulb moment at that concert. I really do believe our choices really most oftentimes are a culmination of our experiences and our what happens and goes into our mind over in my Mm -hmm. mind, like my entire life, right? So I think it's just all the experiences of being raised with loud music at home, because American lifestyle, right? So music, Mm -hmm. sports. People drinking scotch, bourbon, whiskey around me my entire life, friends, family, hearing about it, the music I listen to, it's just subliminally part of in my head. And it's not something I had embraced because I was always drinking Chardonnay. So really, I think that, you know, I really wasn't used to, to hearing about gin. So, so we're good. So I think that 
my love and my desire to create a whiskey was really a culmination of all that. Plus, I would say that not that it's the official spirit of American culture, but it's brown liquor. I think that when you think of made in America, when you think of Americana and you're thinking of a spirit, I'm thinking brown liquor. I'm thinking mm-hmm. bourbon, whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a lot of amazing veteran friends in my life, and they're all drinking whiskey and bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it just went hand in hand with how I was raised and the principles I grew up with. And I didn't really drink it on a regular basis, but I wanted to be able to. And I, I did a little research on vodka. I was never a big vodka drinker. Um, and it just, it didn't seem to be the right fit for my initial spirit that I was going to launch. So I'm not mad I at love that. that. Yeah. I mean, we we're glad for your choice. Like it's delicious. It and brought us together. Work. Yeah. It's great. Good. And, and I'm really excited to announce Stay tuned. Part two, the big announcement coming tomorrow. Cheers.